0: Over the last couple of weeks, we've been exploring prayer, and we're going to continue to do so. And last week, we looked at the purpose of prayer, and, and hopefully you discovered that prayer is not our wish list of things that we want to be different in our life. Ultimately, what prayer is, its purpose, is to know God and to make Him known, because that is where we are made complete. I was so thankful um, for the work of Battelle. And I was thankful, Martin, for sharing your journey because what he shared is the story of each and every one of us. All of us, our broken lives, and all of us, though we may not want to admit it, we don't like the idea of obedience. I connected with that one, man, right right there. I just, yeah, we push against that. And yet, inside of us, we know there's a need for a remedy. There's a need for transformation. And the work of Battelle is, in many ways, absolutely linked to the purpose of prayer, to know God and to make God known. In fact, that's the work of every single believer. That's the work of this church. That's what we're called to do. And so what we do is we partner together. But we partner ultimately with the person of Jesus Christ. We come in his name and ask him to bring transformation into our lives so that broken lives can be broken, can be mended and find the remedy of Jesus Christ. And so that we find our purpose. Well, today we're going to look at very briefly at, at a different aspect of prayer. We, um, the scripture reading today came from Hebrews, and it's, it's one of the great strengths of our faith of understanding that we have a high priest, Jesus Christ, who intercedes for us. In um, our understanding of the teaching of the scripture, one of the things that we hold dear is a teaching or a doctrine called the priesthood of the believer, and this simply means that you don't need someone else other than Jesus Christ to go through to go to God. We go directly through Jesus, and it's it's an incredible privilege because we look in the Old Testament, we think of the role of the high priests and the priests who were serving in the temple, and they they show us a pattern of what it's like to approach God. But in coming to faith in Jesus Christ, we are given this open doorway. Through him into the very presence of God. Now, there are certain things about our identity that are difficult for us to grab a hold of. Before we know Christ, we tend to struggle sometimes with the idea that we are sinners because we compare ourselves to one another. And we think of people who are more bad than we are and we consider them to be sinners, but we're okay. But there comes a point in time when we hit the harsh reality that you and I are just as lost and just as much a sinner as anyone else in desperate need of a Savior. But then when we come to Christ, we, it's easier for us to recognize, yes, we're a sinner that's been saved, but it's harder for us to identify with being a saint because we think of saints are those people who only do, you know, really, really good things or accomplish great things, or whose names are written in the pages of the Scripture. But the Scripture calls us all saints in Christ Jesus. But one of the words that we sometimes cling to the doctrine of, but we rarely ever think about, is that God has called you and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, to be priests, and unless we see ourselves as priests, we will never truly understand prayer. How many of you have thought of yourself as a priest? A few. This is good. But for the most part, for most of us, that just, what? Well, let me show it to you in the Scripture. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you... This is speaking to those who place their trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people called for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies from him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Here in the Scripture, Um, God's inspired word tells us that we're priests. We're also a people. We're together. We're one people. We're one nation as the body of Christ. And my challenge for us today is to begin to ask the Lord to help you see yourself as a priest. Not because we deserve it, but because that is who God has called us to be. Because when we see ourselves in that role, it will transform how we pray. We will begin to take the focus off of ourselves and begin to fulfill the responsibility of a priest in interceding in the lives of others and praying about God's kingdom and God's kingdom purposes. I believe that one of the reasons why oftentimes the body of Christ, why churches are weak, is because we have a neglected priesthood. We have forgotten this incredible role, this responsibility and privilege that we are called to as priests. Now, what I want to do is I want you to turn back and look at the high priest in the Old Testament and it will give us an indicator of what we are to do as priests of God as well. Exodus chapter 28, beginning in verse 29, gives us a description of the work of the high priest beginning with Aaron. So Aaron shall bear the names of the son of Israel in the breastplate, excuse me, the breastpiece of judgment on his heart when he goes into the holy place to bring them to regular remembrance before the Lord. And in the breastpiece of judgment, you shall put the Urim and Thuman, and they shall be on Aaron's heart when he goes in before the Lord. Thus Aaron, again the high priest, shall bear the judgment of the people of Israel on his heart before the Lord regularly. Now that was the function and the role of the high priest, and it is what Jesus Christ does for us today, because he is our great high priest, just as we read in Hebrews chapter 4. But this also gives us a picture of what we are to do as underpriests, underneath Jesus Christ. We are to do the same thing. We are to carry on our hearts those that God has placed into our lives. Now, in the Old Testament, the priest had numerous garments and this breastplate that he wore had 12 different stones in it and engraved on those um, gemstones were the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. And God, in his wisdom, chose to place those names in the breastplate because it would be over the high priest's heart. It would be in the right place where it was supposed to be. It was to be as close to the center of who he was as possible. And what he was instructed to do was whenever he went into the holy place and into the holy of holies, when he would wear this breastplate, was to remember the people. He was to intercede and pray for the people. That is part of our responsibility as well. God has called us to a ministry of intercession. We are to regularly carry the needs of the people before the Lord out of love. We are to bear the people on our hearts before the Lord. The strength of the church and the strength of our witness comes from carrying the names and people that God has placed into our lives before the Lord in prayer. That is where the work of God's kingdom happens. This is why he invites us in Hebrews where he says, then let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It is there in the ministry of intercession that God equips us to respond to the needs that are around us. But to do that, we need to start seeing ourselves as a high priest, not as the high priest because that is Jesus and him alone. He is the perfect high priest. Hebrews chapter 7, verse, seven, verse 25 says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. That's what Jesus does for us. But in his word, he reveals time and time again that his purpose from the very beginning was to make you and I, make his people priests as well. Let me give you a couple quick examples. Exodus 19, verse 5. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests. And a holy nation's sounds just like, just like what Peter said because he's quoting from the Old Testament the instruction that God gave. My intent all along was to make my people priests, to do my work, to intercede, to come into the holy place, to the very throne room of God and bear on their hearts the lives and needs, hurts and hopes of the people. In Revelation, we see the same thing. Revelation chapter 1, verse 4. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of kings on earth to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom of priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Revelation 5, 9 says the same thing, that we are called to be priests. And it is our responsibility to bear the hearts of the people before the Lord. The Old Testament prophet Samuel was greatly convicted by the needs of the people when they had sinned. And he said this in 1 Samuel 12, 23. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. Do you think if the prophet Samuel saw it as a sin to not pray for the people, that you and I get off the hook? Our prayerlessness makes the body of Christ weak. We are to carry the needs and lives of the people God has connected us with regularly to the Lord. Well, I have a whole bunch more here that I'm gonna go where it should go and not deal with. (sighs) And I want to give you something, something practical today. It's something really, really simple. How do we focus our thoughts and our minds in prayer to take the needs of our people before the Lord? And so I'm going to just give you a really simple little tool that helps me remember ways that I should pray. And, and here's, what, here's what I do, and I want to encourage you to do this. Um, This directory is a wonderful tool for communicating and finding out people's phone numbers and email addresses, but it also is a great reminder to pray. And and so if you don't have one, I have some extra ones up here as well as Lori has some that are out in the foyer. And, uh, And if you're not in it, get in it so we can pray for you, okay? Even if you don't want to give us your contact information, give us your name because we want to pray for you. And this is what I use on a regular basis just as I'm praying through the congregation and and bearing you on my heart before the Lord. But here's a little simple tool that, that helps me do it. I, I generally pray Scripture, and there's a passage of Scripture that's there in your bulletins from Philippians chapter 1, which is a great passage to pray about people. But also, just as I'm walking through it, I need to remember areas to pray for in their life, and so you know, I'm weird. I use acronyms for everything, and, and so I use the word bless, okay? And it's B-L-E-S-S. It's not a great acronym, but it, it kind of works. I mean, it's a great word, but it's not the greatest acronym. And here's simply what it means. I, I, use, I use my hands like this because, and I, I don't always pray like this. There's nothing holy about putting your hands together in prayer, um, but it is a good reminder of that's what I'm doing. Uh, But what I do is I I do like to put my hands together because it is a reminder to me that I am not praying alone. I am meeting with Jesus Christ in his throne room. And and that simple touching of the hands together is is a tangible way for me to remember, Lord, I'm coming with you and to you to pray for those you've placed upon my heart. And and then I take and and start with the B with my pinky um, with the smallest finger, because in honesty it 's the least important, and I pray for their body, for them physically. What are the physical needs that that they have, the struggles, the, the challenges that they 're going through, maybe about their health, it may be um, opportunities that they, they need to in, um, have opened up to them? It may be for provision, it may be some physical thing in their life, and so I begin to pray. Um, For God's blessing and work upon them physically, the bee, their body. And then what is so significant to all of us is our labor, the things that we do, what we're called to do and equipped to do by God. And so I'll begin to pray for the work that God has called them to do, both in their profession as well as, even more importantly, the work that God has called them to do in His kingdom. So that's the L. And then the E is emotions. I don't know about you, but for me, emotions can be the greatest thing or the worst, you know, tidal wave that happens. Because sometimes even the smallest things can push us off course, and all of us will wrestle with discouragement, with depression, with weariness, and we need to pray for one another emotionally. And lift one another up emotionally. And so I want to pray for that aspect. And then um, the index finger is for social. It's for their relationships. Praying for their friendships, for their family, for if they're married, for their spouse. If they're single and they're hoping to get married, praying for their spouse that, that God may have for them. But praying for their circle of relationships. And then finally, and most importantly, is to pray for them spiritually. To pray that they will fully become who God created them to be. And the, the reason I do it like this, is because I'm a very touchy, weird, visual person. And so when I'm praying, I feel the breath coming out onto my thumbs. I know, that's weird. I'm just, that's who I am, so just forgive me. And it's just a reminder, Lord, what they need most is for you to breathe your spirit on them. So Lord, would you just fill them with your presence? May they know you in a way that they never imagined before. And that simple little acronym, B-L-E-S-S, helps me to remember to pray more holistically for other people. Now, you may have other ways and other tools, but if you don't have something to help you get started, I want to encourage you to, to simply use that. And then use scripture to direct that aspect of prayer. And that's what's so beautiful. If we had time, I would, I would go through Philippians here and, and, and bring out some of the things. But just real quickly, it says, it gives us instruction to, to praise God for them, to thank God for their partnership in the gospel. And this is so important in the church. You know, it's so easy to become um, competitive And think um, in terms where we're not seeing from God's viewpoint. We are partners together, and every one of us is needed in the body of Christ. We're partners with other churches as well, and they're vital to the kingdom of God. We need to pray for them in exactly the same way, with the same amount of fervor and love. There is no competition in the kingdom of God. We need to pray for the completion of God's work He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. That's a a beautiful part of this passage. Praying that their love for Jesus will grow more and more and more. That is our responsibility as priests. To come before the Lord and to pray for them. And so what I want to ask us to do before we go to the Lord's Supper is I want to ask us to pray For Battelle, Um, we were going to go a different direction this morning, but we're not. So, what I want to what I want to do is is I want to ask a couple things. I'm going to ask in just a moment for the folks from Battelle to stand and allow us just to come around them and pray for them. But the other thing I would like to ask, if it would be okay, could you send us um, some of the, the the a picture and just the first name? of some of your men that are working through, and I want to ask folks who would be willing to make a commitment to say, I will pray for them every day. I will pray for what, what," because the work that they are doing is so vital in seeing lives be transformed. And so we want to intercede on their behalf and and make it personal. Personal. So that we're, we're connecting with someone else and, and we're praying for them that God will complete the work that he's begun in them. Would that, would that be okay? Yeah. Well, I make sure it's okay with them. I put them on the spot. So we can, and you, you guys talk about it and we can do that l- later. Find the right way to be able to do that. But we want to take a step of commitment in praying for you and, and strengthen our partnership both spiritually as well as in, in other forms of support that the mission team will, will deal with for right now, um, would you guys just kind of come out to the, to the aisle, if that'd be okay. And if you're uncomfortable with it, that's fine. Uh, don't worry about it. We don't want to put you on the spot. We just want you to know we appreciate you and believe in you guys. And so if you guys can just gather around Peter and these, these guys from Batal right here, and we want to praise God for them, and we just want to ask for God to do a work in them and through them. So I'm going to just ask you to surround them, And pray for them right right here and now. Lord Jesus, in your name, we come into the very presence of the Father. And we lift up the men and the women of Patel. Lord, I thank you for the leadership, for their faithfulness. Lord, I ask that you would encourage their hearts and strengthen them. Lord, It's so easy to grow weary in well-doing. Lord, would you renew them in their very inner spirit, strengthen their mind, give them new dreams and new visions of what you want to do, strengthen their heart of love. Father, I pray for your physical provision for them as a ministry and for their lives individually, that you will provide the resources that are needed to accomplish the work that you have called them to. Lord, for the men that you are drawing to them. Lord, we just ask for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. That especially these three men that are um, preparing for baptism right now. Lord, would you give them clear understanding of what it means, to f- it means to follow you and to give their whole life to you? Lord, would you draw their spirits close to you? Would you allow them to see that you are a God that can can take the broken pieces and make something beautiful and glorious. You have a good plan for their life. You desire them. And Lord, you're going to use them in great and mighty ways as they surrender their heart and life to you. And Lord, for the many others that you're putting into contact who who are coming to the end of themselves and not knowing where to turn, Lord, I just ask that you would open up the doors of their hearts, and you'd make them willing to reach out and embrace um, the love that flows out of Batel, out of your house, and Lord, that you will draw many people to healing and most importantly, to faith in Jesus Christ, that they may discover he is the remedy of all that they need. Lord, show us as a church how to stand with our brothers and sisters in this ministry to encourage them, to love them, and support them. Thank you for what you're doing in them and through them. In Jesus' great name, amen. We're going to conclude our service with a time of celebrating communion. And what what I want to draw your attention to is this. The high priest would not enter into the Holy of Holies without preparing his heart. He would go in knowing that to go in with sin that is unconfessed would be to put his very life in danger and it would absolutely defeat his work as a priest. In the same way, We are told in the scriptures that when we come to the Lord's table, we do so in remembrance of Jesus Christ, in recognition of the bread representing his body, which was given for us, and the cup representing his blood, which was shed for us. Therefore, we cannot take of the bread and of the cup lightly. We need to examine our own hearts and recognize that we are entering into his presence. The very word communion means becoming one with him, connecting with him. Isn't it amazing that our God, who is holy and perfect, loves us so much that he not only wants to save us, but he wants us to come to his table and sit down as family with him. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Would you distill your hearts right now and go before the Lord? Place your heart before him. And if there's anything that is between you and another person or between you and the Lord, would you confess it and turn from it? And how to prepare our hearts? Would you thank the Lord Jesus? for his body, which was given for you. And would you thank the Lord Jesus for his blood, which was shed, and the forgiveness that it extends to you and I. Lord God, we ask you to bless this bread as it represents your body, which was given for us. Lord, we ask for you to bless this cup which represents the new covenant, which represents your blood, which was poured out for our forgiveness. Lord, we receive what you have given to us with grateful hearts, and we come before you humbly to tell you that we love you. In Jesus' name.